The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. From the Berkshires to the sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 76, Rob Parker. Welcome into a very special Hall of Fame edition of Inside the Parker. And man, we have a great show for you today. We're going to talk with, uh, of course, baseball analyst John Morosi from MLB Network and from Fox. We'll talk about the inductee. Uh, we'll talk about people who didn't make it, that and much more. Let's go. Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. Former St. Louis Cardinals and Philadelphia Philly third baseman Scott Rowland is going to the Baseball Hall of Fame, is going to Cooperstown. Yes, we got the announcement on Tuesday that uh, Scott Rowland will, uh, will be headed to Cooperstown, which is pretty shocking. I mean, this is a guy who his first year on the ballot received just 10.2% of the vote back in 2018. You need 75% to get in. And here we are five years later, and Scott Rowland got 76.3. I mean, a 66% uh, percentage better from the same writers who ignored him the first year. And I was one of those guys. My ballot, as you know, is public and is out. I only voted for Gary Sheffield. He passes the automatic test for me with the 509 career home runs. Anybody who gets 500 home runs, 300 wins as a pitcher, or 3,000 hits automatically gets my vote. And Scott Rowland just does not measure up. He had uh, about 2,000 hits, 316 home runs, less than 1,300 RBIs in 17 years. A career 281 batting average. I mean, if you listen to the sound of the press conference, 
and his announcement, the only person more shocked than me that he got in was Scott Rowland. When the phone call came and we saw, I saw Baseball Hall of Fame on my phone, you don't want to miss the phone call, but you kind of look around like, <laughs> what just happened? Like, that actually did just happen. Here's the problem with Scott Rowland. When you allow a guy who never won an MVP, never led the league in home runs, it's just a lot of major awards. He was never considered when he was playing the best player in the game. And he was a good player, a very good player. But this is not the hall of the very good. This is supposed to be about the best or the best. And and I think the writers, again, not wanting to have a year with nobody get in, they settled on Scott Rowland. Here's the issue. If you're going to do Scott Rowland, how in the world could you not put former Mets and Cardinals first baseman Keith Hernandez in the Hall of Fame? He has so many more uh, stats and accomplishments. He won an MVP. He won a batting title. He won two World Series. I mean, I go on and on. He had more hits. He had uh, less strikeouts. He won 11 straight gold gloves. I don't. He had a higher batting average. I don't even get it. Keith Hernandez got no momentum as a Hall of Famer, but yet six years after being on the ballot, Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer. Doesn't even sound right. Doesn't even feel right. And I, I, I don't want to feel like I'm just, just totally bashing his career like he was a bum. But I, I think the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, has been downgraded. It, I just it's, We continue to do this, and it's a mistake. Number two. The big problem here is when you start putting in players who are not of that caliber. And what I mean of that caliber, I'm talking about the elite of the elite. That's what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be for the very greatest players of the game. So when you say Hank Aaron, there is no debate. Junior Griffey, there is no debate. Tom Seaver, there is no debate. Pedro Martinez, there is no debate. Derek Jeter, there is no debate. Mariano Rivera, there is no debate. That's the caliber of player that should be getting in the Hall of Fame. I think the people look at some of the guys who have gotten in through the Veterans Committee and that muddies the water because they look at those numbers and go, well, if he's in, then that means so-and-so should be in. And that's where the problem comes in. There should only be one way into the Hall of Fame. That's the front door through the writers, not the Veterans Committee, not uh, voting in people because you don't want to have a year where nobody gets in. If no one's qualified to be of that ilk, then they shouldn't get in. I've said this forever. If there's a debate about your career, you're not a Hall of Famer. You should be able to look at somebody's numbers and go, dude, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Or what the impact that he had. Or he won two MVPs. Or he won six Cy Youngs. Or whatever the number is, you know he was the best pitcher in the game. There are so many very good players. And they have stats and numbers. They just are right underneath. 
They just don't stack up. So this summer, Fred McGriff gets in. He got in through the Veterans Committee. He was on the ballot for 15 years. Nobody, nobody, he couldn't get enough votes to get in. He was a very good player. And now here comes Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland and Fred McGriff, those are the two Hall of Famers? When a guy like Sheffield's left off, and we already know what happened to Bonds and Clemens and Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, and you go ahead, wag your finger, talk about uh, the juice and all that. I just, unless you have a test of every player during that era, I think it's unfair. And I I will say that till the cows come home. Bonds was never suspended. Sosa was never suspended. Maguire was never suspended. I just, guys who were suspended, if writers don't want to vote for A-Rod and Manny Ramirez, okay, I, I, I can't argue with that. Our judge is not to be. Uh, our job is not to be judge and jury. It's supposed to put in the greatest players who ever played Major League Baseball, and we haven't done that. We just haven't done that of late. Number three. How do we fix this? I got some ideas. First of all, people shouldn't be on the ballot for ten years. It doesn't even make sense. Scott Rowland's numbers didn't change from year one to year six. How do people who didn't vote for him in year one vote for him six years later, five years later? Makes no sense. So it should just be a one-shot deal. You only get 10 votes now. Leave it wide open. If there are 11 people who are that good and qualified to be in the Hall of Fame, let everybody vote for them one time. And if you don't get in that first time, you don't get in. There's no do-overs, no second tries, no third tries, no veterans committee, no hot apple pie committee. No. We don't need that. We're watering down the Baseball Hall of Fame. This is a hallowed place. If you've never been there, oh, my God, you got to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. It is an American treasure. It is must-see it is, should be number top three on your bucket list in your life if you're a baseball fan. Along with going to Fenway and Wrigley and Yankee Stadium. You know, those are probably uh, Wrigley and, and Fenway. But I just don't understand why people have to have so many chances, why it takes so long. There's no such thing as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. It's really that simple. And I hold to this. If I don't vote for you the first year, I never vote for you. If I vote for you the first year, I vote for you every year you're on the ballot. I voted for McGuire and Sosa and Bonds and Clemens all 10 years they were on the ballot. I did. I've been voting for Gary Sheffield every year, and I'll vote until he's not on the ballot anymore. But I'm not going to pick up some player midway through and go, oh, yeah, well, I didn't vote for him the first five years. I'm going to vote for him now. We need to figure this out. We need to restore the Baseball Hall of Fame back to where it is, where it was as the hardest Hall of Fame and most prestigious and respected Hall of Fame. That's where we need to get it back to, and we can, by getting this thing straightened out. Because right now, the BBWAA, which I hold in high esteem and much respect for, 
is wayward now. We're off course. And we got to get back on course. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto, if I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new. All right, now let's welcome in one of the best baseball writers and broadcasters in the country, John Morosi, who was just, I mean, in fuego during uh, the winter meetings. I mean, uh, John, you beat up everybody from uh, uh, MLB Network and from Fox. Uh, he was just uh, a terror for the other reporters. Great job during the winter meetings. He is up in Cooperstown covering the uh, Hall of Fame. And, uh, John, welcome to the podcast. Rob, my friend, always love speaking with you, especially during this great time of the year with the Hall of Fame. It's, it's always a great conversation with you. No doubt. All right, uh, Scott Rowland. 
I did not vote for Scott Rowland. I don't believe he's in the Hall of Famer. There's a there's a slew of players who are very good players who had uh, tremendous careers just just underneath the threshold. Where were you on your vote if you're making it public? And what do you think is the reaction of fans or people about Scott Rowland being inducted into the Hall of Fame? I voted for Scott Rowland. Uh, very pleased that he made it. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a great representative of the Hall of Fame and, and someone who's very deserving when you look at how many all-star appearances he made, how many gold gloves he won. The, the defensive component for me is a really important part of his overall resume. He played on some significant teams historically within his, his era. He helped in those early years building the Phillies back up to being a, a playoff team. Of course, they eventually got there after he left, but he was a key part of that transition of the Phillies uh, during the early Terry Francona years. And, and then, of course, he goes to St. Louis, wins a championship there. Uh, he really added a lot to the Jays in the time he was there. And then, of course, he finishes up with the Cincinnati Reds and, and makes a huge impact on them under manager Dusty Baker it helps them get to the playoffs. And and for me, Rob, it's a significant career when you look at the totality of it. He's not someone that had a bunch of flashy records or moments and, and that you stood by and said, wow, this is one of the, the best 10 players I've ever watched play. But he did build a Hall of Fame resume over time that was made better by his contributions as a great defender and base runner as well. Here's the pushback. Keith Hernandez got no juice, okay? as a Hall of Famer, and rightfully so. But when I look at his career, he's outdone Scott Rowland. He won 11 straight gold gloves. You were talking about a glove. Okay, that didn't get Keith Hernandez into the Hall of Fame. Won two World Series, MVP, batting title, has more hits, better OPS+, plus, uh, less strikeouts. Uh, he got nothing. How, how in the world can you justify Keith Hernandez not being in and Scott Rowland getting into the Hall of Fame? Because I don't – the Mets were a terrible team when he got there, and he got them to a World Series after coming over from the Cardinals. It's a very fair question, and I believe Keith Hernandez is someone whose candidacy uh, should be getting stronger with the benefit of additional perspective and more years of consideration. I, I think Keith Hernandez belongs in the Hall of Fame, too. I think Mattingly does. I am a big Hall guy, Rob. I, I think that there have been a lot of players who played in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s who perhaps because of the steroid era and the inflated numbers of some uh, players who were on the ballot for a period of time just didn't get the recognition they deserved. Fred McGriff was one of them. Fred McGriff should have been in a long time ago. Um, I think Gary Sheffield should be in. Um, there are a lot of players who, who in my opinion, just have not been supported in the way that they deserve. And, and so for many of my colleagues who are smaller hall guys and, and only have uh, two or three players on their ballots every year, hey, that's the right of everybody to have their own decision on their ballot, how they want to do it. But I, I think it's important to counterbalance that by having more players on my ballot. And, and in some cases, like Jimmy Rollins, um, I think Jimmy is deserving, and, and the fact that, that others don't quite see him that way makes me more likely to vote for him because I want to make sure he stays on the ballot and gets the benefit of the type of consideration that Scott Rowland earned over time. And there are players, and, Bur and Mark Burley is one more, who I think that the more you look at their resumes – and compare them to other players in their era, and in fact, the modern player. Think about Mark Burley, Rob. Uh, he had 14 straight years of 200 innings pitched. Who's doing that now? And when you think about it, if no one's doing that now, 
maybe Mark Burley was more special than we realized. And that is why it's important to keep players on the ballot and continue to reconsider their careers. Our guest, John Morosi from uh, MLB Network and Fox. And, John, I, I, I just I don't want it to be an op- a turnstile Hall of Fame. And that's what you have in the NBA or the, or the Basketball Hall of Fame where people don't even know what it takes to get in. And the same uh, when you talk about the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, nobody even flinches. They let 12 guys in at one time, and people go, oh, okay, whatever. And in this case, I, I disagree with the idea that your resume gets stronger. And and the Burley uh, example is it was a different time. People pitched just like uh, back when Bob Gibson pitched every game or Dwight Gooden had uh, 16 complete games in, in back in the 80s where it was just a different game where guys now are being taken out after five innings or six innings because of the metrics, not because they don't want to play or they can't play. It's just the way the game is run. So I I just, I don't want to give people extra credit. And I believe that if there's really a debate in your career, then you're probably not a Hall of Famer. I would say you're not a Hall of Famer. When I say to you, Hank Aaron, is there a debate? Do you need uh, eight or years to determine whether Hank Aaron should be a Hall of Famer? Well, no, of course not. And that's why he's in the inner circle. He is the great of the great. Um, and, And the Hall of Fame should not just be for the great of the great. <laughs> you Why not? not? To That's be... what it's supposed to be. It's no, supposed no, to be no, for no, the greatest no, no, players no, no, who no. ever played. I, I, I'm not saying that, that the top 20% of all the players who played baseball should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm thinking like 1.5, 1.75 is acceptable. This does not have to be a situation where you elect Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, huge gap, and then you elect – Next year, Adrian Beltre because he got three thousand hits. Yeah, three thousand hits is an accomplishment. You don't and think then so? Nobody, and then nobody until Verlander shows up and Kershaw. That's not fair. We, we, Rob, for me and you, you share my appreciation for the Hall of Fame. Let's remember the point of this museum and Hall of Fame. It is to celebrate the game's history, and I am someone who believes that we must keep in mind the health of the institution, and the, the drawing power of these moments and events to illuminate and promote and celebrate the game that we love. I don't think that we should be in the business of looking for reasons to not vote for people and excluding people, as opposed to who can we bring in to this Hall of Fame who, who really, Rob, merit the inclusion and also, their careers were both historically significant, and their stories resonate in a way that it grows and amplifies the game. Yeah, but here's the issue. All of those people, if you have those moments and you've done those things, you are celebrating the Hall of Fame. It's not just pictures and, 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 mem- and memories of people who are Hall of Famers. If Scott Rowland did something of significance in Major League Baseball, he will be in the Hall of Fame, and his story or what he did or his performance would be there. He doesn't have to have a plaque and a bronze uh, uh, head uh, to be able to say that he played if he wasn't of that ilk. At no time, and I would challenge you, at no time did anybody ever think Scott Rowland was the best player in baseball. Not, not even an ounce. If you even listen to his soundbite, he's shocked he got elected into the Hall of Fame because it's not what anybody could think. Tory Hunter has similar numbers 
And Torrey Hunter can't get any traction. And I'm not, I'm not saying I want to put Torrey Hunter in and Keith Hernandez and all these other people. I'm just saying it should be a standard of certain benchmarks and numbers, which baseball has. And number two, what Joe Morgan doesn't have the greatest numbers, but you know what he has? He has two back-to-back MVPs on the greatest, arguably one of the greatest teams in baseball history, the Big Red Machine. That's what makes him stand out. He won back-to-back MVPs on a team with Pete Rose and Johnny Bench. I mean, it, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? It does, and and there is the historically significant player. And and I think that if if Scott Rowland had spent 17 years in the major leagues, never made the playoffs, never made the cha- never never won a championship, it's a different conversation. He was, in my mind, the preeminent defensive third baseman of his generation. He was. Who was the greatest at, first baseman we've ever seen play baseball? The greatest first baseman defensively. Yep. yep. I, you could argue Keith Hernandez. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, he should be. I agree with you on that. <laughs> Have you voted so for Keith Hernandez that, in the past? Did you vote for him every year he was on the ballot? Keith or Hernandez has never year? been on any ballot that I've cast because I'm, I'm, I'm too darn young in terms of how many years so I've been doing this, So you didn't get that year. Okay. You didn't, okay. It, it, it's, to me, there's, there is a, a standard that we should be aware of, but we should also not be too beholden to it and also not get too offended if someone is elected who doesn't meet the same standards of a Mays or an Aaron. This, there are people in that hall, Rob, who you and I can both think about who aren't necessarily as deserving, and guess what? The hall is still there. It's still open all but three days of the year, and, and the, the overall significance of the institution has not been diminished. I think the more you add people who are questionable, the more you devalue some of the greats of the game. And that's what I'm worried about. I'm looking at it from that standpoint. There should be a standard. There should be like the best of the best. There are a lot of very good players. And and every time I hear the steroid era and their numbers are diminished, Mariano Rivera pitched in the steroid era and was without question one of the greatest players who performed during that era and got 100% of the vote where nobody else got it. So, so great players excelled, and they don't need to be numbers configured or changed or upped or, or look better because they, they, you don't know they were on the juice or not or you don't know what happened. And I think it's a slippery slope, John. That's, that's really – I do believe that people are guessing – and, and trying to think that they know everything. And if you ever pulled the curtain back, as you know, on that Mitchell report, there's about 150 or 60 names on that Mitchell report that we still don't even know, and I guarantee you some of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Well, we don't know, Rob, and that's, that's a very fair point. And that's why I voted for Bonds and Clemens every year that I could, because there was, to me, not sufficient information to keep them out when you don't have a full amount of information about what else was going on at that same time. And, and to be honest, Rob, the discussion that we're having right now is important uh, because we have different philosophies on what the hall represents. And at the end of the day, while you and I have very different perspectives, we're part of a, an electorate that arrived at, at, two, at one person for the baseball writers, one and we had one on the era committee, McGriff, who we'd probably agree was deserving because he got darn near 500 home runs and played on really important teams there with the Braves. So McGriff is going to go in 
and Roland's going to go in. And so at the end of the day, while we have meaningful debates and, and disagreements here on, on what the ballot should look like, at the end of the day, the result was one, one player. And, and at the end of the day, we've got a difference of opinion about one player, and if we can't agree on one player, that's, that's, I'm okay with that. There you go, my man. You know we both love the game. We both love the Hall of Fame. Uh, we, and, and that's the best part about it. I, we both share the same love for the game, and uh, we can have a healthy uh, debate and conversation about it, even if we're in different camps. And, uh, John, I appreciate you as always. Thanks for your insight. Thanks for your knowledge. And, of course, thanks for joining the podcast. Rob, my pleasure, my friend. Always enjoy our conversations, no matter where they are, on the air, in the press box, in Comerica. So we'll, we'll be catching up, I'm sure, here in the months ahead. No doubt. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now bring in the closer. Strike one! Strike two! Strike three! 
Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close. Reason number 1015 why Major League Baseball is better than the NBA and better than the NFL. It's the Hall of Fame. Look at the buzz for the last 72 hours about the the Hall of Fame and who's getting in and who's not getting in. You don't get that stuff in the other sport. People just shrug their shoulders. What? The uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame let in 12, 13 guys. All right, whatever. And and when you talk about the Basketball Hall of Fame, nobody even knows what the credentials or or criteria are. Like, Like, what's the criteria? They don't even know. What? Who got in? Oh, wait a minute. Remember, the NBA doesn't have its own Hall of Fame. So it's mixed in with the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts, where I've been. And it's mixed in college. They're Harlem Globetrotters. They're European players, women's basketball. It's just a a jumble of all kinds of stuff. But in baseball, people really care. There were people who were seriously dumbfounded and hurt that Scott Rowland got in. They didn't think he deserved it. There were others who were mad that Gary Sheffield and Andrew Jones and some other people didn't get in. Um, So there's a real passion for uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame and whether or not uh, their favorite players get in or don't get in. So that is definitely something that is unique to baseball that baseball still has. And tomorrow, here's a programming note. On Thursday at 1.15 p.m. Eastern, I'll be on with uh, Mad Dog Russo on MLB Network, 1.15 Eastern time on Thursday, and we'll chop it up about the Hall of Fame, about Scott Rowland, and what should happen moving forward. So that'll be a, a great little thing to watch if you're able to catch it. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.